few more songs we're going to do here in a few minutes, so we're not quite done uh, worshiping the Lord yet. We're going to be in Luke chapter 7 um, tonight. As you know, we've been talking about emotions and um, all the different things that come across um, different emotions when they clash in the middle. We're talking tonight about um, judgment and discernment, and you, you did a little bit of this in your small group time, kind of preparing for tonight, but I want to show you kind of what it looks like in action, and the, the concept of judgment and being afraid of being judged um, is in many of our minds and many of our hearts. When, when we walk into places, we have concerns about what people are going to think about us and what people are going to say about us, and our emotions begin to go a little bit crazy, and we begin to... Um, not become unsure of the different things. And, and I don't know if you're this way, but my mind begins to come up with all of these different possibilities of the way that things could happen in a certain situation. I, let's say that I'm going to go into a meeting with someone, and then uh, in my mind, I'm going through these scenarios of different things that could happen. And so I want us to go back to our friend um, in Inside Out and go into a little bit of um, the, our mind and our emotions when it comes to like the first day of school for her. So y'all watch this clip real quick. So one of the things that I mentioned in um, this movie is this idea of core memories. And many of you in your life, you have memories of when you're a child or uh, maybe a traumatic event that happened or these memories that um, are in our past that are these core memories that have stuck with us for many years. Some of them are positive, but not all of them are positive and joyful like they try to portray in this movie. Some of them are sad. Some of them are fearful. And we don't realize how much those core memories really affect us in our life. You know, I think back in my own life, and I think back to core memories for me. I remember a time where I had um, been dropped at the library. Back in the day, we didn't have the internet, you know, that thing. You know, we had to, like, go to the library and do research and, like, books. You know what those are, right? With pages in them and stuff. Encyclopedias. Not Wikipedia, encyclopedias, right? We had to go and we had to do our research there. And um, I decided that I was done with my research. And so I was just going to walk home. I was in third grade and my mom had left me at the library. Needless to say, she freaked out when I wasn't in the library. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have find your phone to find out where I was at. There wasn't a tracker on me. I just walked home. It took me three and a half hours. I didn't know how to get home from the library, but I knew that my school was near the McDonald's. So I walked, if you go in San Marcos, if you know where um, Texas State is downtown, I walked from there over to where San Marcos High School Goodnight is now, and then I walked home to where the um, Hobby Lobby is, and I was in third grade, so 10 years old or so. Um, needless to say, my parents um, freaked out, right? And when I came home, I remember getting this huge hug from my mom, and I remember my dad coming home and giving me a huge whelp on my butt, Okay. He took the belt out, and he beat me with it um, to be like, don't ever do that again. That is a core memory for me. That's a memory that has stuck with me um, for my whole life. Now, was that a positive or negative core memory? Well, there was a lot of reinforcement of that, but one of the things that um, came out of that was that I had this concept of conditional love, that people are going to love me when I do good things. But when I do bad things, there's, there's going to be this punishment. There's going to be this lack of love, this hate in my life. And I associate that for many times. I tried to earn the love of other people. And if I didn't feel like I earned it, I wouldn't be able to accept it. It was a core memory in my life. I think y'all, many of y'all know Brandon George, right? A core memory in his life was when he was younger, people used to call him dumb, 
And teachers would tell him, man, you're not smart enough to do this stuff. And in his mind, he had a core memory that he was dumb that affects him even to this day. See, we have these core memories that if we don't deal with them and we don't get them into the proper perspective, we're not going to be able to experience God in the right way. We need to be able to give these completely to the Lord and let him reshape the emotions around them. Now, when I think back to my core memory, was my dad at fault? I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I know what it's like as a parent to not be able to find your kid. Um, Kale was a wanderer. Right? That means that he would just like decide to go wherever he wanted to. I mean, many times at church, people would walk back in holding Kale's hand and go, oh, we found him in the parking lot. Parking lot. Not many times, maybe once. Um, but Kale was just a wanderer, right? We, he would just try to escape at different times. And that feeling when you couldn't find him, right? I know that feeling. I can't imagine not being able to find my son for three, four hours, Walking around San Marcos thinking he was kidnapped. I understand the emotion and those things, but for many, many years that affected me in a very negative way. I wonder in your own heart and your own mind, what are some core memories that you have that you need to give to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want to do with this memory? Not, hey, let's take this core memory out and let's throw it away. Lord, what were you doing in the circumstance, because God's word has promised us that he is working all things together for our good. He doesn't say most things, he says all things, so that he has a purpose in all these experiences that we've had in our life, and we may not be able to see the results of those purposes, but yet we need to be able to give those and have perspective to the Lord. So we're going to jump into a story where judgment is forefront. And where we could have this woman begins to get a core memory plugged into her system as she interacts with Jesus. So we're in chapter 7. We're starting in verse, it's really tiny, 36, I believe. Yep, 36, right? One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. So Jesus is sitting at a Pharisee's home having dinner. In the Old Testament, they didn't have um, like a dinner table and chairs. They reclined on the ground. So they had pillows around. And so they reclined, feet out in front of them. They probably didn't sit Indian style. Just feet out in front of them. That's one reason that they would wash their feet because the food was going to be near their feet many times. So they would wash their feet when they came into a home. Plus, they were probably disgusting because, you know, it was pretty dirty back then. And it is today, if you've seen my feet. Um, and behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he is reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. So just so you don't get the wrong um, expectation, this woman, when it describes her as a woman of the city, was a prostitute. Someone that was, everyone knew and everyone understood that this woman was a sinner. She had a lifestyle of sin that she was living. And so she comes into this Pharisee's home, which I don't know how many times you've walked into a kind of a, a stranger's home, but imagine being a woman of the night going before Jesus. And going into a place where the Pharisees were the most judgmental of all people. 
And yet she humbled herself and she went and she fell at his feet. And what does it say? Her tears wet his feet. She used her hair to dry him. She anointed him with oil. She washed his feet. Now the Pharisee who had invited him saw this and said to him, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Was his assessment right? Was this woman a sinner? Yes, for sure. You see, the difference here is going to be perspective. The difference is going to be the Pharisees' idea of truth and Jesus' idea of grace. And so he says, and Jesus answered him saying, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. She's saying, I want, to, I want to expand something for you. I want to bring something forth. Are you ready? That's what he's basically asking. He says, say it. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. When they both could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them would love him more? And Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, notice that he turns towards the woman, but he's still speaking to the Pharisee. He's speaking to the Pharisee's heart. Do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little, loves little. And I don't want you to miss this because Jesus recognizes that this woman has sinned much. He says, her sins, who are many, have been forgiven In this room, we have all kinds of different levels of sinners. We have those of you who have been morally good for most of your life. We have others of you in here who you sin daily and you still struggle with habitual sin. You're still wrapped up in in drugs and pornography and and cursing and lying and gossip. and, And you're wrapped up in those things. But Jesus says, I don't care. I love you. I love the one who falls at my feet, who's willing to give up their own sense of self and humble themselves and come to me, and I want to forgive their sins. And that grace that Jesus pours out to her manifests itself in love, becomes love. Some of you in this room, you might be like, man, I'm so bad, Jesus, Jesus can't love me. Look at this story. Jesus wants to love you. And when you experience that love of Christ, it overwhelms your soul. Others of you in here, you have been held to a certain standard that's been um, hard to follow, and you've tried to live up to it. And you would say, man, my sins are just so minor and so little. Jesus still wants you to lay them before his feet. He wants you to interact with him like this woman does. Did this interaction cost the woman anything? It did, right? What did it cost her? 
She laid down her pride, okay? It cost her money to buy this ointment, money that she got from a way that probably wasn't so good. It was humility. Have any of you thought about washing people's feet, bowing before them? Right? She humbled herself before them. And he said, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Salvation came to her home. Salvation came into her life because she humbled herself before the Lord. Now, what does this story mean for you in the everyday? When when you go to school, people are going to say things about you. They're going to gossip about you. They're going to judge you. What does that say? Are we supposed to grab onto that and hold it or are we supposed to lay it at Jesus' feet? Supposed to lay it at his feet. Do you remember those stories that we read um, today in our devotional about different situations. We had the situation with the teacher accusing you of cheating. We had situations with um, a boyfriend asking for pictures from a girlfriend. We had these different scenarios. And when we see them from Jesus' point of view, we're able to judge them in a way that is correct. We're able to have victory in those different areas. Now, I want you to watch another clip. And this is a, the end of the movie um, sort of clip where there's kind of some victory. And you might be kind of wondering if you've seen the movie before, well, why haven't we talked about joy? Well, on Wednesday night, we're going to finish up talking about sadness and joy. Um, we're going to finish up a couple of clips um, on Wednesday night at Refuge. So I want to just focus a little bit upon this judgment idea tonight. So we're going to watch this kind of closing clip. I just want you to think, what are the emotions, what's going on with them in this scene, Okay. Interesting, when she had some new memories, she added some new things um, to her category. Um, girl, 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 that part's funny, okay? Just, I don't know, I don't know why, it just kind of cracks me up, right? Um, sometimes our brain just completely freezes, right? And we can't think of anything. Um, but what I want to do next is I want to do an activity um, with you in, in your small groups. So you're going to be in your small groups, the, like the freshman guys will be together, the freshman girls will be in their group, and we're going to do an activity around um, the room. You've been noticing some whiteboards and some different things up. And so what I want to invite you to do is I want you to f- invite you to kind of um, go into a pretend land with me, okay? I'm going to invite you to speak to emotions tonight. So you got to have your like inner Celeste working because Celeste likes to work in those kind of realms, right? In other words, if you were going to talk to anger, what would you say? If you were going to talk to love, what would you say? If you're going to speak to sadness, what would you say? And so around the room, we're going to have different stations that you're going to go to, and and they're going to be representative from different emotions. And on those boards, you're going to have markers where you can write down something to that specific emotion, and at each one of the stations, you're going to have a leader that'll be there, right? And the first time you're going to go around, you're just going to write. There'll be some worship music in the background, and um, you're going to move together, spend about two or three minutes at each um, place, just jotting down some things. If you're writing against the wall on the paper, it shouldn't bleed through, but don't make it bleed through. Like, please actually write on the paper, not on the wall, so I don't have to repaint it tonight. Okay, um, the whiteboards will be fine. Um, so when you're writing on them, you're going to write down different things, different emotions that you're going to go through. For example, we're going to have one for sadness. We're going to have one for love. I have my, my notes right here. We have one for anger. All right. We're going to have one for trust. 
In other words, if you were speaking to trust, what would you say? I need to get to know you better. You need to be a bigger part of my life. You need to bring your friend Faith along with you so I can have faith, right? Talk to fear. Talk to joy, right? Talk to time. What would you say to time? Would you ask it to slow down or would you ask it to speed up? Would you ask it to let you control it instead of let us keep rolling on, right? What would you say to death if you had to face death? And then the second time that you're going to go around, that emotion represented by one of us leaders is going to speak back to you and pray over you and give you an idea of what would death say to you, okay? So uh, where's Tara? Tara's going to be love, and I'm going to give her this. And she's going to choose a, a whiteboard. Where's Louis? Louis is going to be anger. No, no curse words, please. All right. Uh, where's Corley? Corley is going to be trust. He's going to be on this side over here. If you, if you leaders could write your emotion at the top of your board just so they'll know when they come over. Daniel is going to be fear. Gonna be over on that side. Either of those. Um, Celeste is gonna be joy. I am gonna be at that black whiteboard, which is gonna be death. Okay, Joshua, can you play a role for us? Joshua is gonna be time. Um, Celeste, can you be on this whiteboard right here? Right, Josh, can you be on that for time? Over there. Okay. Um, and I'll be back there at death, all right? By the way, at death, you're going to be writing on a black chalkboard with markers, okay? Um, Melissa's going to be sadness up here on the front on the floor. Aw. It's okay, sadness. We love you. Okay. And you're going to rotate around between your groups and just want you to kind of imagine. So if it helps you, imagine the character. So when you're over at Louis Station with anger, imagine anger with his little fiery head sitting there before you, right? What would you tell him? Right? I want you to imagine, just kind of put yourself into um, that mode. And then the second time around, right, each one of those emotions will speak to you. And after that, we'll close with a time of prayer, and then we'll have a little bit more worship time, okay? So um, let me put, um, where is the seventh and eighth grade guys? Yeah. Okay. Y'all come on up here with sadness, okay? Junior high girls, Come over there to Corley at Trust. Freshman guys, right, back there with Joshua. Mr. Garraway will be with you. You can leave your packets here. All right. Freshman girls, right there with Daniel. Okay. The blue, guy, blue men over here with Tara first. The blue girls with Louis first. All right. The purple girls. With joy first. Purple guys back here at death. Explain to them one more time what they should write right now. It's going to be the death of me. Okay. So 
Let me give you just some more instructions on what you're going to do. Um, at your sign, right, you have kind of a buzzword, an emotion that you're speaking to. Um, maybe a song lyric comes to mind, right? Maybe some sort of emotion stirs up. Maybe a memory is stirred up with you. For example, if I was speaking to death, I might say, death, I hope I don't meet you too soon. Hope we have a long distance relationship, right? When I'm speaking to fear, right, I might say, why are you so cold? Why does it feel like you're always following me? Stop following me. I remember that time where you did this or did that, right? And so maybe an emotion comes up, something that may, maybe you just want to speak something about anger. You know, I want to be slow to anger and slow to speak. Or sadness, I don't really understand your part in all of this. Help me to understand what you do, right? And I want you to write that at, that, at your station, all right, and you're, you'll have a leader kind of going around with you. We'll go all the way around uh, one time, and then the second time around, I want you to read the board, and then the emotion, the leader will speak back to you, okay? Rudy, can you open up the Spotify and put on some worship music for us?